Hello, this is Anna from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 12th of July. India recorded over 37,000 new coronavirus cases, taking the tally of infections to 3.08 crores. The death toll has increased by 724 in the last 24 hours. Total fatality count now stands at 4.08 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. According to government data, the average daily COVID vaccination in India has witnessed a decline since 21st of June. According to Indian Express, on an average, 61.14 lakh doses of COVID-19 vaccine were administered from 21st of June to 27th of June. The Union Health Ministry said that over 1.54 crore COVID vaccine doses are available with the states, union territories and private hospitals. In another announcement, according to the Union Health Ministry, so far over 84,000 Central Armed Police Forces personnel have tested positive for COVID-19 and 331 have succumbed to the virus. More than 35% of these infections and almost 40% of these deaths occurred in the period beginning from the third week of March. The ministry said that the largest number of infections and deaths were seen in the Central Reserve Police Force, which is the largest unit of the CAPFs. Meanwhile, following the announcement of the 23,000 crore rupees COVID-19 emergency response package, Health Minister Mansuk Mandviya said that the government is undertaking capacity-building measures through the funds under a comprehensive plan over the next six months to curb the potential third wave of infections in the country. Niti Aayog Vice Chairman Rajiv Kumar predicted that India will register double-digit growth in the current financial year 2021-2022. Kumar asserted that economic activities are expected to gain strength in the second half of the current fiscal as the country recovers from the COVID-19 pandemic. In Delhi, the Aam Admi Party government yesterday allowed auditoriums and assembly halls in educational institutions to open with 50% capacity for academic training and meetings. Delhi reported its lowest single-day count yesterday with only 53 new cases of the virus. At the global level, according to Johns Hopkins University, COVID has infected over 186.7 million people and killed over 4.02 million since the pandemic broke out in December 2019. Yesterday, Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath released the Population Policy 2021-30 document on the state government's new population control policy. While releasing the document, Adityanath remarked that attempts would be made to ensure that there is a population balance among various communities. However, Scroll reported that after the draft was released, the proposed policy received criticism across the opposition. Describing it as a political agenda ahead of the assembly polls, Uttar Pradesh's Congress spokesperson Ashok Singh said, and I quote, The RSS and BJP leaders talk about increasing the population. Population control is a subject of the centre. Yogi Adityanath is bringing the bill, keeping in mind the UP assembly elections, unquote. Samajwadi Party MP Shafikur Rahman claimed that India would not have sufficient manpower during a war-like situation if there were efforts to gain control. 
He said and I quote, Now, if the entire India is not allowed to procreate and a situation arises that we have to face another country, from where will we get men? This will prove to be a loss-making deal, unquote. Samajwadi Party leader Ashutosh Sinha described the decision to be immature and claimed that the new legislation would be a murder of democracy. The population policy document proposed that the government would conduct campaigns among communities or groups where fertility rates were higher. The new legislation would also attempt to bring down the state's gross fertility rate from the existing 2.7 to 2.1 by 2026. It was released two days after the Uttar Pradesh Law Commission released a draft of the proposed legislation. As per the draft of the bill, violators of the two-child rule would be barred from contesting local body elections, applying for government jobs and getting subsidies under government welfare schemes. Meanwhile, according to the Indian Express, Uttar Pradesh Law Commission Secretary Sapna Tripathi contended that the Adityanath-led administration had not asked the law panel for the draft of the bill. At least 67 people were killed by lightning strikes across Rajasthan, Uttar Pradesh and Madhya Pradesh yesterday after scattered rainfall was reported in the three states. As many as 36 people died in UP, 24 in Rajasthan and 7 in Madhya Pradesh. In Jaipur, 16 people were killed when lightning struck them on a hill near the Amir Fort. The incident took place when people were taking selfies at a watchtower amid rain. According to the Jaipur Police Commissioner Anand Srivastav, the police rescued 29 people from the site and the injured were taken to the hospital. He said that the death toll is part of the tally of those rescued. In separate incidents of lightning strikes, eight more residents reportedly died in the state's Kota, Jhalawar and Dholpur districts. Rajasthan Chief Minister Ashok Gehlot announced an ex-gratia of Rs 5 lakh each to the kin of the deceased. Meanwhile, NDTV reported that 36 people were killed by lightning in UP's Kanpur, Fatehpur, Kaushambi, Firozabad, Unnao, Rai Bareli, Hardoi and Jhansi. The highest toll of 14 was recorded in Prayagraj district. Chief Minister Adityanath announced a compensation of Rs 5 lakh each to the families of those killed due to lightning. Yesterday, agitating farmers staged protests at events attended by Bharatiya Janta Party leaders in several districts of Haryana. Scroll reported that this came amid the BJP trying to hold organizational programs in Haryana after temporarily keeping them on hold in view of the farmers' protest. The farmers' organizations had reportedly announced a social boycott of the BJP's politicians. In Sirsa district, Haryana Assembly Deputy Speaker Ranbir Singh Gangwa was cornered and roads were blocked in five areas. According to the Indian Express, protesting farmers demanded the release of four detained farmers. The blockades were cleared only after the detained farmers were released last night. Similar incidents took place in Haryana's Fatehabad, Jhajar, Ambala and Panipat districts where the protesters gathered to oppose the meetings held by the BJP leaders. Meanwhile, Haryana Bharatiya Kisan Union Chief Gurnam Singh Chaduni led a march with farmers on different vehicles from Dera Baba Nanak in Punjab's Gurdaspur district to the Singhu border in Delhi. 
Chadani asserted it had been more than seven months since the farmers started their protest at Delhi's borders. But the BJP-led central government was not listening to the protesters. He also added that the protest now is gaining more strength and will rest only when these laws are scrapped. It's been more than seven months since thousands of farmers arrived and settled along the borders of New Delhi. The farmers, largely from Punjab and Haryana, have been protesting against the three farm bills passed by the central government in September. At News Laundry, we have consistently reported on the farmer protest, even when the issue lost airtime and column space with legacy media houses. You can find our reports under the farmer protest section on our website. And while you are there, you can also read my colleague Ayush Tiwari's report on the Narendra Modi government's advertisement expenditure in the media, according to the data released in February by Directorate of Advertising and Visual Publicity, or DAVP. The data shows that Republic TV and Times Now, the two most watched English news channels, received fewer government ads than NewsX, India Today and BTVI. Similarly, in the Hindi news segment, News Nation and India News got more from the government's ad kitty than Z News and India TV. However, these numbers do not match the data that Modi government provided under the Right to Information Act, nor do they tally with the figures maintained by the channels themselves. For example, Aaj Tak received Rs 3.7 crore worth of ads in 2017 and 18, as per the data presented in the parliament. But, according to the RTI data, the channel received Rs 2.4 crore. You can read more about it on our website. The report is titled, Did the Modi government give parliament dubious data on media ads? Listeners, amid this battle of procuring ads from the government, the real cause is lost, which is delivering news with the highest level of accuracy without being tainted by any propaganda. Media outlets that are fed by the government will not bite the hand that feeds them. But this isn't something you need to worry about with News Laundry. We believe in serving you, the public. It's because of your belief and support in paying to keep news free and independent that keeps a small organization such as ours afloat. So, strengthen our news ecosystem by supporting independent media platforms. Subscribe to News Laundry today. Remember, when the public pays, the public is served. BJP leader Vimal Bhadoria and 125 unidentified people were booked in Uttar Pradesh's Barpur in Itawa district for allegedly attacking policemen during the Block Panchayat presidential election. The election was held on Saturday and was marked by numerous incidents of violence. According to the Indian Express, the FIR was registered after a viral video displayed City Additional Superintendent of Police Prashant Kumar Prasad, saying that BJP leaders had brought bombs and slapped him outside the Barpur block polling station. The FIR was filed based on a complaint by Barpur SHO Jitendra Kumar Sharma. As per the complaint, at around 1 p.m., 100 to 125 people led by Bhadoria allegedly attempted to break a barricade and tried to head towards the polling station. The police officers tried to stop them, but the crowd reportedly did not listen and got aggressive and pelted stones at police personnel. They also fired country-made pistols, the complaint said. The accused have been booked under IPC sections for rioting and attempted murder. 
The investigation is reportedly still underway. Delhi-based advocate Arif Jawder lodged a complaint with the National Human Rights Commission against the Assam police on 10th of July. According to the Hindu, the complaint was based on the police going on an encounter spree since the Himanta Biswa Sharma-led government took charge two months ago. More than 20 encounters have been recorded in the last 40 days in Assam. In his complaint, Jawder alleged that small-time criminals including drug dealers and cattle smugglers were being shot by the Assam police for allegedly trying to flee from police custody snatching pistols. He listed 10 cases of encounters where the alleged criminals were either killed or injured. Jawder also referred to the Assam chief minister's recent statement in a police conference asserting that police should shoot alleged criminals on their legs which is permitted by law. After such a statement by the chief minister, he said the police are now staging fake encounters with impunity. According to the Hindu, Jawder, while requesting to the NHRC to take cognizance of such cases, said that the actions of the Assam police were denying the rights of the alleged criminals to a fair trial. Violent rioting erupted in two South African provinces of KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng following the imprisonment of former President Jacob Zuma. According to Al Jazeera, the protesting Zuma supporters blocked roads while looting and burning shops. At least 62 arrests were made on Sunday alone. Meanwhile, the South African police stated that some 23 trucks were also set alight near Muay River. Zuma started serving his 15-month sentence for contempt of court last week. He was jailed for defying a court order to testify in relation to an inquiry probing allegations of corruption during his term as president from 2009 to 2018. His bid for bail from the Est Court Correctional Centre was rejected by a regional court on Friday. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.